Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar. Harp on Sports podcast. Harp on Sports audio. Harp on Sports radio network. Uh, you want to be a part of it? You know what you need to do? Download. Well, you don't have to really download anything. Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, of course, Buzzsprout, on the Harp on Sports YouTube channel. We always play this thing back. So, what do we have in store for you tonight? A little a final floor? An NFL schedule schedule goes swole, kind of like my biceps, uh, and baseball's black hole. Let's start off first with the National Football League. Um, yeah, the schedule's expanding. We're going from 16 games to 17 games. And certain fan bases are upset. The Washington football team is upset. Why? Because their crossover game, their extra game, is with the Bills, who are a first-place team. And they finished in the first or in first place in the NFC East, so they have to play the AFC East first-place team. Oh, my gosh. Who cares? Who cares? I, I mean, I, look... Nobody complains about their scheduling and their competition unless they're weak, especially in the National Football League. Come on. Now, all that stuff aside, the one thing that I was observing and watching and thinking is that every single one of these 17th games, if you will, should be a neutral site international game. Everyone. Everyone should be an international game on a neutral site. Now, look, if you're like the Jaguars and you want to add an extra neutral site London game, fine. The whole point of this is to grow revenue and make billionaires wealthy. I get it. So we as fans don't have to pay money. So you don't have to pay. I don't have to pay. I use a press credential. So uh, this whole process of wanting to keep the NFL only in America and not share it with Europe. Could you imagine if Coca-Cola or McDonald's or anybody else did that? Come on, it's a global brand. The NFL is a global brand now like the NBA is a global brand. Like any successful American business is a global brand. So here's my logic and here's my thinking on this. What the NFL should do, you have... An extra game, so you have 32 teams, right? That's 16 games. 16 games. So there are going to be cities that get multiple games here. Just a couple. The NFL should have a neutral site game in at least these cities every year. Berlin. London. Okay. Paris. Barcelona. And then you go to South America. Mexico City. Rio de Janeiro, Santiago, Chile, and then you head over to Tokyo, okay, Seoul, pick the biggest cities, you want to stay out of Russia, fine, stay out of Russia, stay out, stay out of Russia, they don't have to, if you don't want to do that, fine, jeez, just dawned on me, Rome, See, the NFL should have a game there every single year as a pocket. That's what the 17th game should be. And you can't sell me on the whole, well, we're hosing our fans. We're, we're, we're punishing our fans by doing this. No, you're not. 
How are you punishing? You're taking games away. No, you're not. You're, you're adding a game. Anything in life is all about expansion, right? Anything in humanity, anything in existence is always about expansion. Human beings are getting bigger. The sun is getting bigger. The universe is expanding. Companies grow and they expand. Things do not get smaller. Things grow. They become bigger. No matter what it is, we become bigger as human beings. So I look at this and I look at the NFL as they get ready to embark on this. What I would love to see is the 17th game spread out over the course of the season. And you want to give people a buy when they come back. It goes back to the whole London thing. Should they get a buy? Shouldn't they get a buy the week after? Covering the Jaguars for, what, six years now? I see it all the time. And where Should they have a buy going into it? Should they have a buy coming back from it? Whatever. The NFL's added an NFL postseason game, right? We went from 12 teams making the playoffs to 14 this year. So, again, I, with this 17th game, I think it's a great opportunity to have a game overseas or a game, an international game. That's That way the schedule's balanced. That way you don't have, well, they get nine home games. We only get eight. You can solve all this stuff. Solve it all. One game a year, neutral site game overseas. And if you want to even be more fair with it, make it this 17th game, whatever that 17th game may be. It doesn't have to be a division game. And look, if you're the Jaguars and you want to play two games in London, knock yourself out. Knock yourself out. Okay, comments on my Metallica shirt? Good stuff. So there we go. The NFL 17th game is this expansion takes place. Please make it an international game. And you can globalize the sport. And you can make more money. And here's the thing. If somebody else is paying for it, you're not. Costs are going to go up. Revenue. How do you think NFL owners are like, oh, no, it's an American sport. Fine, then they're going to gouge you. They're going to gouge you. I'd much rather have, you know, an Italian citizen, a Spanish citizen, a German citizen by one game over there and the revenue they can create, take some of the burden, the cost off Americans. Go and get somebody else to pay for it. And you grow the brand. You grow your brand. Owners make more money, stadium improvements, things of that nature. So there we go. NFL, one game, that 17th game to the schedule, every single one of those games. There's what should be one neutral site, foreign game a year, international game a year. And I just gave you a bunch of cities again. Mexico City, uh, Rio de Janeiro, Santiago, Chile. Um, you want to do Sao Paulo, Brazil. Uh, you want to do, I mean... I really would like to avoid Canada, Tokyo, Rome, Berlin, Paris, London. You can get there. You bet you can get there. Just grow the brand. So that's what I would do first. So there you go. A little NFL schedule goes swole. Bigger expansion. That's how things work. So we have that. Um, the other thing, the final four, or in my case, the final floor. Uh, we have now... Because we had the Final Four that was postponed last year, right? Or the NCAA tournament was postponed last year because of COVID. So I go back and I look at this. And I look at the 16 games on the slate. For the 16 teams on the slate over the course of the last four years. And it dawned on me today when I was doing a little research on this. That of the last 16 teams in the Final Four... 15 are the same. Last four years. The only repeat offender the last four years is whom? The only repeat offender the last four years is Gonzaga. They're all different. 
all different. And what's interesting about college basketball is the champions in college basketball over the course of the last 10 years have been some of the bluest of the blue bloods. Going back a decade, Duke's won two, UConn's won two, Villanova's won two, North Carolina's won a championship. It's, it's the blue bloods. Kentucky's won one. Actually, you go back through and look, and maybe the only blue blood that's not that won a national championship, it's a pretty good program, is Virginia. So if Gonzaga wins, are they a blue blood? No, I don't think so. I don't think they're quite there yet. Gonzaga in 2021 is where Mike Krzyzewski had Duke in like 1988. Haven't won a championship yet. Has been to a Final Four. Not, not quite there yet. But what Mark Few has done at Gonzaga is what Mike Krzyzewski did at Duke. And it's what he's done. Um, what Clark, what's a blue blood? A, bl- a blue blood is a tradition rich program that everybody knows. Your blue bloods in the NFL, look, it's tradition rich program. So UCLA, so, so just looking at the teams, I already told you that we've got parody everywhere in college basketball, and I hate it. I hate it. Now, we're going to have two. Or I should say two. We have the potential to have the best matchup in a championship game, at least on paper, that we've had in a decade. Gonzaga has been the best team in the country all year. Baylor's been the second best team in the country all year. Uh, so this collision course is set up. If you get that, then that's the best matchup. Those are the two best teams. But those aren't the two best programs. So we get back into this, you know, with Ohio State and Alabama, Clemson and Alabama, where college football, I hate the same teams every year. I hate the same teams every year. But you consume the same teams every year. you got to have a blue blood in there. And you've got one in UCLA, right? You've got one. But UCLA, you know, it's a big deal west of the Mississippi It's a big deal in California. UCLA just doesn't have the same pull that it did when I was a kid. It just doesn't. Well, if they win and they succeed, will that magic come back? Yes. And I'm sure L.A. is going to be going crazy this weekend as they take on Gonzaga. you got two West Coast teams, two teams from Texas. Maybe it's me, the Midwestern kid that lives now on the Atlantic Ocean, or near it, I should say, that I don't know how exciting this is going to be. If we get Baylor and Gonzaga, they're the two best teams. But just because you get the two best teams, we have an excellent game. We've had that in the past, right, where you have an excellent cast. That This year's Final Four, if you get Gonzaga and Baylor, it's great, it's exciting, and it's awesome. The two best teams. Doesn't mean everybody's going to be able to watch it and be excited about it. Shawshank Redemption was a box office flop. Pretty good cast, didn't it? Now, as we look back on it, it's great. But in the time, nobody wanted to watch it. Nobody went and watched it. It was, a, it was a flop. So, again, Baylor, Gonzaga, that's what we want. That's King Kong versus Godzilla. And speaking of King Kong versus Godzilla, can't wait to watch it. Haven't watched it. I know we had a King Kong versus Godzilla movie about 40, 50 years ago. Baylor, Gonzaga would be King Kong versus Godzilla. Here's my problem with King Kong versus Godzilla. This wouldn't even be a fight if this were real and you had a 50-foot dragon lizard thing that could breathe nuclear fire or whatever that is that it breathes and a gigantic ape. Look, gorillas are cool. I get it. I like them. Um, Primates, gorillas, great apes, fantastic. But a big, big ape 
is not going to be able to kill a radioactive lizard that can breathe fire. It just breathes fire on it. It burn it. Imagine if you had a flamethrower and you went up against a gorilla is about the same size as us, right? Imagine if you're a human being and you had a flamethrower and went up to a gorilla. Wouldn't be a fight. Wouldn't be a fight. So I, I, it's always been a Kong versus Godzilla. No, God, nothing could beat Godzilla. Nothing could beat Godzilla a- anywhere. It couldn't. So Kong versus, I'm sure it's going to be fun and I don't know how they're going to do it. But, I mean, I'll watch it. I'll probably enjoy it. But you're going to almost have to have like a Batman thing, aren't you? You're going to have to have a Batman versus Superman thing where you do something to weaken Superman's powers or else it wouldn't be a fight. So, I, I go Godzilla. I don't, it, just, it wouldn't even be a debate. You know, Alien versus Predator. Okay, I get it. Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, yeah, okay. Cool monsters. Cool, cool killers. But Godzilla Kong? I, I don't know. God's, again, it breathes nuclear fire. It's a 60-foot-tall dragon dinosaur lizard that breathes fire. How would you stop it if you're a, a gigantic ape? So there we go on that front. <laughs> so the thought on that. Uh, Going to wrap up with a little uh, baseball black hole. Baseball season begins. Baseball season's starting. And, you know, with the NCAA tournament and everything else going on, it kind of snuck up on me. April 1st, baseball season's here. Woo! What are we excited about? Mm-hmm. Remember, baseball and hockey were the two sports last year that brought us out of the pandemic, at least brought us out of the pandemic in terms of opening our eyes and waking up in the morning again. It was the first two sports we got back, right? And other sports learned from, well, I guess basketball did too, but other sports learned from these sports. And let's face it, I think hockey did the best job along with the NBA and baseball did a nice job, too. And I thought we had a good baseball postseason last year. And the Dodgers finally win a World Series for the first time in 30-plus years. And, you know, the Rays getting there is at least good for the radio station that I work at. So when it comes to baseball, I can't think of a baseball season that I have been less fired up about. I can't. I can't think of a baseball season that I've been less fired up about. I don't know what to hang my hat on. I don't. What, what the marketing that major league baseball does is awful. It's just brutal. And think about this. Think about if you had 40 bucks, how many NFL players, how many NFL players would you be willing to plop down 40 bucks to watch? Quite a bit, right? Patrick Mahomes, of course, Tom Brady. There's a bunch of these are just quarterbacks. Football players plop 40 bucks down to go watch. Basketball players, LeBron James, Steph Curry, up and down the list. You'd be plopped down fit you'd 40, 50 bucks to watch pick an, pick an NBA player. So ask yourself this: how many baseball players are out there that are worth you plopping down 50 bucks to go watch? Who? Who in baseball is worth 50 bucks to go watch? I just think back to like 10 years ago when you had like at least at least you had David Ortiz, right? You you had some guys in baseball and I mean it's been more of a 15 20 year, you know, melt for baseball. I, I Albert Pujols statistically is one of the top 
10 hitters of all time. Would you spend 50 bucks to watch him? Who's worth 50 bucks? Bunch of guys in the NFL. And that's the problem that baseball has is who's worth your time. Three of the games are too long. The games have been as long as they've been forever. There's too many games in a year. They've had 162 games for 60 years now. And it's just who's worth the price of admission. Who's worth the price of it? That's the problem that movies are going to have to get people to go back to the theater. What's worth 15 bucks? I can tell you right now to me, Top Gun 2 is worth 15 bucks to me. I don't even know if it's going to be any good, but it's a, it's a, it's a risk I'm willing to take. What's worth that money? What's worth you throwing that money down? So I, I look at baseball and baseball's problem and I, and I sit around and how many guys would I spend 50 bucks to watch right now? I'm Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, I, I think I, Fernando Tatis Jr., yeah. Mike Trout, yeah. How many of those guys, if you bumped into them in the grocery store, would you know? It's, so it's, it's baseball's problem. Baseball's got a black hole, and that black hole is interest. It's just disappearing. It's a regional sport. Yeah, I get it. And I see Mike Trout on some Subway ads, and, you know, Clayton Kershaw, I, I, but he's on the other side of 30 now. He's on is Clayton Kershaw 35 now. I just don't know who that hook is. I remember 15, 20 years ago, I mean, I paid, I wanted to go watch Pedro Martinez pitch when he was in his prime with the Red Sox. So we drove to Detroit to watch him play when I lived in Kalamazoo. Worth the price of admission. Manny Ramirez, worth the price of admission. Derek Jeter, worth the price of admission. Those guys were worth it. Mariano Rivera, oh my gosh, worth the price of admission. Got to see him close out a game against the Rangers at Yankee Stadium. That was awesome. But I don't know who those guys are anymore. Who are they? And, you know, your smaller markets are good, but I just don't, it's not, it's just a marketing thing. It's just a sheer how to, you know, getting people in front of people. Who, who's that guy? When's the last time a Major League Baseball player hosted Saturday Night Live? Even Eli Manning hosted it. You know, you got NBA players that hosted it. But those guys exist. Baseball just doesn't market them. And, oh, it's too much of an investment. Well, NBA games, 82 seasons. Baseball's 162. I, look, they play a ton of games. <laughs> There's interest there. You just got to market it better. So, good gracious. Baseball is one of those things that I was thinking of. Like, oh my gosh, the season's going to start. All right, who am I looking excited? Who am I excited to see? There was a time five, six years ago when Clayton Kershaw was going 21 and two that it was like, okay, he's pitching that. I want to watch this. So I just don't. I love it. I'll watch it, but I just. I'd love for there to be a star, a villain. I would. I'd love for there to be that guy. This guy just doesn't exist. Or if he does, look, Mike Trout's on pace to put up Willie Mays numbers. And it just, and he's in L.A. He's in L.A. This guy just doesn't exist. All right, there we go. Harp on Sports, the bar. Harp on Sports, the podcast. You can check it out. Uh, follow, follow, like, share, share, follow, like. Harp on Sports, the bar, the podcast. Available on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Buzzsprout. Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel. HarpOnSports.com, at HarpOnSports via Twitter. Like, follow, share, share, follow, like for all of it. Appreciate the time. Uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Okay, and enjoy the rest of your week. Remember, stay clean, stay strong, stay focused. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.